It is a wet, nasty Wednesday here in Norman, but we are ready to talk sports with you, Mike Steely and Parker Thune, here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Rep Radio Network. Got a lot of things going on. Uh, people are talking about what's happening with Oklahoma football. We'll hear what uh, Paul Feinbaum officially had to say. The entire excerpt, the question, and the answer coming up. If you haven't heard the audio yet, I know Plank played it a couple hours ago. Plank uh, dug deep as well. It was You had to go 36 minutes into the uh, – the recorded broadcast of their show from Monday to get what Paul Feinbaum had to say. But we'll play that here in a minute. And uh, we're going to talk recruiting. We're also going to talk a lot more Sooner football, spring game recap, look ahead to the fall with Eli Letterman of the Tulsa World coming up at 12.35. That will be happening right here on the program. NBA basketball last night. How about Trey Young with that 35-foot-3 to send the Hawks back to Atlanta for Game 5 tomorrow night as they beat the Celtics 119-17. The Suns wrap it up against the Clippers. Denver gets it done against Minnesota. So we'll talk a little bit of NBA playoffs. Sooner softball, uh, which was scheduled for a game with Tulsa today. That has been canceled because of the uh, rainy weather in the state. So uh, the Sooners will not play again until Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Kansas. Same for Sooner baseball coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, home at Mitchell Park against Kansas. So both teams home this weekend. So we have the uh, NFL draft happening on Thursday night. And Big 12 golf continues at Prairie Dunes in Hutchinson, Kansas. Oklahoma is your leader right now by seven shots as they head to the back nine. Now the Sooners again, seven shots ahead of Texas Tech. TCU is in third, Oklahoma State in fourth. Really, it's a battle between uh, Oklahoma and Tech, with Oklahoma up seven shots on the Red Raiders. Uh, TCU is a full 19 shots behind OU, and Oklahoma State is 20 shots behind OU. In the Big 12's men's championship, happening right now at Prairie Dunes in Hutchinson, Kansas. They got underway a little over an hour ago. They are playing right now in the Big 12 Golf Championship. Parker Thune, how we doing? How's everything? Well, the weather sucks, Steely, but other than that, yes. you know, can't complain. It's hump day. I, You know, I don't mind like one day of overcast, rainy, kind of that Seattle weather, but I don't like it on multiple days. So today is not cool. All right, so everybody's talking about the Paul Feinbaum audio. You know, questioning what's happening at Oklahoma. He was on uh, the show with Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik. Uh, the other day in Birmingham, and I want to run for context the entire question leading up to what he had to say and what Paul Feinbaum said. Now, you probably already know what he said. If you didn't uh, see it yesterday, well, you probably weren't on social media and you don't follow a lot of uh, Oklahoma Sooner fans or Oklahoma sites. But here is how it went down the other day. Here's what the question was and what Paul had to say. Awesome that you set it up with full context, Steely. That is a pro-journalist move right well, thank there. you. Context is important. Context matters. We're going to hear from Paul Feinbaum, and his. we're going to hear his thoughts on Oklahoma. In their entirety, no cherry-picking to be found. That's right. Here it is. Uh, this happened Monday. Feinbaum on that show with Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik. Obviously, some games being played in Oklahoma. Uh, they're going to be a member of the SEC sooner than later. We've already spent a ton of time in the last week talking about the Texas Longhorns. As they transition, do you think this season matters for their transition to the SEC or is that just a completely different animal? Because I do feel like there's some momentum that can be created this year that could lead to success early in their 
trip to the league, but I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out if I'm overreacting. So how much, I guess, stock are you putting into progress being made in Austin and in Norman, respectively, uh, as they go into this upcoming season? I think it's important. I think it's very important in Norman, Greg. Even though by normal Texas standards, what Sark did last year was not considered great, it, it did look like an improvement. And, and, and I think fans out there have been have been in the middle for so long that they, they appreciate that and, and they see with Arch Manning and others uh, showing up that the program's on the right track. I, I have deep concerns about the, the trajectory of Oklahoma. Uh, I, I talked to Barry Trammell, who's the local columnist out there the other day, and, and I do not get a good vibe about this program. There, there just seems to be some... Uh, concern that in the aftermath of Lincoln Riley, they can put the pieces back together again quickly. That that did tremendous damage. Not only did Lincoln leave and pay Caleb Williams with them, it also uh, took a lot of other players out of there, and, 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 and there is no one who is convinced that the Brent Venables hire uh, is going to work. There, there's Equally, no one is convinced that it, it's not going to work, and I know that sounds contradictory, but the, the people are just right in the middle. So back to your question, this is a very important season. He needs to get out of uh, you know this morass that the program uh, w- was in last year. You, you, don't, you don't lose by, what, 40-some-odd points uh, to Texas and, and have it go down well. That's a game that matters greatly. Uh, so I, I think there's, there's far more emphasis on what Venables does this year, not so much in terms of losing his job, because I don't think that would happen after two years, but in, in terms of trajectory and showing up at the SEC with a little bit of momentum. All right, what's your take? Do you want me to speak candidly? Yes, absolutely. Asinine. Always. Asinine by Paul Feinbaum. It's very clear that he is out of touch with regards to Oklahoma, and I, I want to make a distinction here because I do not think Barry Trammell is a dense individual. He's a sharp mind. Did he put? Did Paul he back Feinbaum, the bus? Did he back the bus over Barry Trammell there too? I, yes, yes. Paul <laughs> Feinbaum dragged Barry Trammell off the edge of the cliff with him. Yes, he did because he made it sound like everything he just said about <laughs> Oklahoma was just a regurgitation of Barry Trammell's talking points. Yes, yes, so, he did. First off, if you're going to collect intel on a program that you have no intimate knowledge of. Generally, it's advisable to go to more than one source, right? And if you're only going to go to one source, how about you not just throw that source under the bus and make it sound like all of your thoughts, all of your hot takes on a team you know next to nothing about came via one source and one channel of communication. Poor Barry Twamel got thrown under the bus by Paul Feinbaum, Jim. I'd be pissed if I was Barry. And I was listening to that. I'm not Barry. I don't know how Barry feels. But like, did Feinbaum – I'm not trying to – I don't want to misrepresent what he said. But he made it sound like his concerns about Oklahoma, or rather his opinion about Oklahoma as a program, varied from his opinion on Texas as a program. And he cited Arch Manning as a reason why <laughs> Texas appears headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. 
if Jackson Arnold's last name was Manning, does Paul Feinbaum still have the same deep concerns about the future of Oklahoma? Probably football? not. Not as not as big a concerns. But here's here's the other thing on this. Again, he makes it sound like everything came from the mouth of Barry Trammell, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. And Barry may have said, you know what? I don't know what the answer is. I'm sorry, I'm doing my Barry Trammell here. But because I mean, we don't completely have the answer yet. I mean, the, the early returns were not good last year. So I understand that there's some skepticism out there. But I think anybody who has seen how Brent is going about building his roster, uh, the philosophy he's taking, uh, which coincides with him obviously moving to the SEC and uh, doing kind of what Clemson did. Because Clemson looked like an SEC school to me, you know, the way they were playing football, right? Uh, that was an SEC-type operation. And I think that's what Brent's trying to build here. And the roster turnover was unbelievable. And again, to me, it's just Paul Feinbaum talking to one person. And maybe Barry said, well, you know, I don't know what they think right now. People are split. You know, that may have been what Barry said. And Paul Yeah, but no, Feinbaum- but he didn't even say that. And that's another reason why it's evident Feinbaum is out of touch. Because there are people who are... A hundred percent convinced that what Brent Venables is building is going to work. And there are people that by the time the Texas game rolled around last year were already out on Brent. I don't feel like anybody is riding the fence here. You're either in with Brent or you're out. I think that's kind of the sense I get interacting with this fan base. Most think that what Brent Venables is building in the long term is going to be successful, and there is a vocal minority that believes this thing is doomed. I don't think anybody is fence-riding the way that Paul Feinbaum makes it seem like everyone is right now in the Oklahoma circle. Again, if you don't know, don't try to act like you do, okay? Bring someone else on your show to talk about OU football. Bring Barry Trammell on. If you want to get all your Oklahoma inside from Barry Trammell, just have Barry Trammell hash out his talking points on your show. I very much dislike the way Paul Feinbaum went about all of that. Yeah, and again, uh, look, I, I like Paul Feinbaum all right. Personally, I think he's uh, overrated in terms of his national prestige. Uh, you know, he jumped in at the right time in that part of the country and basically was a referee in his radio show between – SEC football rednecks who were arguing on on the telephone. Basically, that was the content. I think he's a pretty good writer. I don't think he's anything spectacular. But, yeah, that it sounded pretty lazy to me. And Barry is very objective. I mean, he is. There's no doubt. I like Barry a lot. I think he's a really good writer. But Paul Feinbaum just kind of being asked that question, I don't didn't sound like it was that well-informed. And, again, what do you see when you look at it if you're out there and you're a national college football fan? Oklahoma 6-7, and seven, man, that's a, that's a disaster. And that is a disaster at Oklahoma. But you have to look deeper, give the man some time. Look, I said, and I think a lot of people here, we bought into the hype a little bit too much too early. Brent did say, I'm tearing, stripping everything down to the foundation. And we still thought, well, it's still Oklahoma. They can compete and win a Big 12 championship. There's no doubt. And – uh, they, they weren't a good football team. They weren't a very well-coached football team last year either. But I still believe that, uh, you know, this is the way to go about it, and I still believe that they're eventually going to get there. Is it going to be tougher in the SEC? 100%, yes. 
but I still believe uh, in the staff, and I believe the way they're recruiting, what they did in the portal this year, they should be better defensively. I still think, again, they can get this thing back on the right track. Wow, we just had a power flash right there. We're not going to have to get in the underground bunker or anything, are we? By the way, and that flashed up. Now Oklahoma has an eight-shot lead in the Big 12 men's golf tournament. Nice, and we're still on the air. That's so. right. We, we're we're still in the air as far as we know. All right, we want to thank Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-651-3439-651. My bad, that's the text line. Tim's number is 579-3113. I'm easily confused. I'm old. I'm wearing Depends right now. Depends bikini, the new sexy Depends model. 405 579 3113. Lasher, Home Comfort Systems, they'll do great work for you. Let's get to your text, see what you have to say on the text line, 405-651-3439. Coming right back here on The Ref. All right, we are back. Good to have you with us. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ref Radio Network, good to have you with us. It's a nasty Wednesday out there. All right, so... I, I, I don't think Barry minds me saying this, but I got a message from Barry who said, quote, Barry said, I was on Feinbaum's show and have never talked to him off air. Never talked to him off air, so anything he got from me, I said it to everybody. Meaning when he was on his show, which I think he's been on his show a couple times, he said, I didn't even know anything was going on until a friend texted me about an hour ago. Whatever I said, by I said I stand by because that was when he was on Paul Feinbaum's show, but never has had like some secret conversation about the demise of OU like, football. Well, you know, which just presents even air. more questions about how Paul Paul Feinbaum handled that. Yeah, whole, I don't. Ordeal. I don't think he. I don't think Feinbaum, you know, handled it th- that well. You know, because again, to an extent, it sounded like well, I talked to their columnist Barry Trammell, and nobody's happy there. You know, basically is what it sounded like, and. Look, Barry is a guy that has had some questions, and, you know, there are questions right now. Do I still feel good about this staff? I do. Maybe I'm a sucker. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm the dude who, you know, got caught at the uh, mall kiosk buying uh, skincare products because I couldn't get away from the salesperson. So I am a sucker to a certain extent, but I still believe in this. But, uh, look, there are a lot of questions that still need to be answered. Oklahoma should never go six and seven but i think they're going to have a bounce back year i think they'll be a lot better and we'll see what happens in the sec but i have faith in this uh in brent venables this staff the way they're going about it and the recruits they're bringing in they obviously still have some faith too you just landed three five stars all right you just landed three guys who look like they're going to be big time and they had a great recruiting class all right uh 405 Six five one thirty four thirty nine. Eli Letterman, Tulsa World, does a great job covering the Sooners. Will join us coming up here in a little bit. I love Barry Doe. Barry, you'll never get me to say a negative word ever about Barry Trammell. I mean, he uh, went before me. He was the sports editor of the Norman High paper, The Passing Times. And then I was later. And, you know, we were on road trips together covering OU baseball and every day. And I think he's a tremendous writer and a great journalist. So... I don't know that Paul did him any real favor there, though. No, he did not. Because it made it sound like it was some clandestine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, let me talk to Barry Trammell about the demise of OU football. So, anyway, there you go. Oh, man. Okay. Where where were we? What were we talking? What were we going to do? 
I completely forgot let's, what was. Let's what was next read on the those docket. texts and see what people think. Riley would have won five games last year at OU without Caleb. Five star Randy says, "Let's call him Paul Sauerbomb." Lloyd from El Reno asks, "Any updates on recruiting for OU?" Lloyd wants to know what's happening, man. It's Lloyd, very, wants very broad to know. question there, Lloyd. I would recommend. We'll talk a little recruiting throughout the program. I would recommend that you stick around for the two o'clock hour for Locked In with myself and, and Tyler McComas. We will talk lots of recruiting. Zion. Kearney, is it Kearney or Carney? Because it yeah, looks to me like it's spelled Kearney. I, many others have said Kearney. I always say Kearney. Maybe that's because I'm from Nebraska mm-hmm. and there's a city in Nebraska called Kearney, spelled you, that exact same way. You worked in the carnival, too. You were a Kearney growing up, right? No, your dad's a pastor. That's right. You didn't work as a Kearney. Uh, from the 281, Layman said it well. It takes three to four years for the staff to get their guys with their culture. After that, you don't have to worry about the portal so much. The idea that the media says what they do is unreal. Well, look, we are in a hot take society. We are in a clickbait, look at me society. And everybody, there are 9 million programs out there. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody has a YouTube channel. I mean... They're, they're all out there, and everybody's trying to compete for attention, and they are trying to get you to click on their podcast, their show, get your attention, because there is a vast ocean of fish swimming out there in the media sea. And if you're going to be the big shark, sometimes you got to do, you know, I don't like doing it. Look, sometimes we play Lincoln Riley audio to make people mad, like me. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I 100% don't do that because I do it occasionally. But that's the society we're living in. You've got to have a hot take. A nuanced take that sees both sides is considered, well, in, in most situations, it would be considered intelligent to look at both sides. But in this day and age, it's considered you're a wimp because you don't have a take, which is kind of sad. From the 918, I'm more concerned about how boring the atmosphere is at home games than I am about BV leading the program. Even if it doesn't work and they don't win big, he is the kind of man I will support win or lose. Yeah, I think uh, when, just win football games. That's the main thing. If you can get uh, you know maybe a better atmosphere at the game, okay, that's part of it. But believe me, the main thing, go out. Win more football games. The reason that people are doubting Oklahoma right now is it is eye-catching to see six and seven next to Oklahoma in the win-loss column. That's why there's some negativity and there's some bad vibes out there about Oklahoma football. And, again, if you're not close to the situation, I think nationally people see that like, man, and they're heading to the SEC? (laughs) That's a sinking ship. But again, that's not looking at everything and not being close enough to the situation to know it entails a lot more than that. From the 816, OU wrestling coaching search. Uh, Rick Flair will be the next uh, wrestling coach. Woo! I, you know, I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. I'm so out of the loop on that. I wouldn't. I, I have zero clue. If I see Jack Spates at Cobblestone, I'll ask him. Maybe if I'm out there Sunday. Jack Spates, he's got to be pushing 80 now, isn't he? He looks good, though, man. He looks good walking his dogs out there. He's such a good dude, too, Jack Spates. But I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry, 816. I just don't have any insight on that. But maybe somebody else does. 
Ronnie Crimson says, quote-unquote, boring home atmosphere is a product of 11 a.m. kickoffs and a Big 12 schedule. I agree. I think you're you're on the money there, Ronnie. I agree. I think that, you know, having SEC teams come in here is going to bring more excitement, uh, a much more vibrant atmosphere. And, yes, all the rooster kickoffs were getting old. No doubt. Ronnie Crimson is generally on point with his takes, and he's a tremendous recruiter in his own right as well. I think but you I should think... promote Ronnie Crimson to, what, a three-star general in the ref army? I'm fine. Is he not already a three-star? I would say. We're going to give him his fourth? Well, I, he's close. I think there are some three-star generals out there, and if we don't have Ronnie as one of the three-star generals in the ref army, he probably should be. From the 405, why hasn't OU just dropped wrestling a total waste of money the last 15 years? There's always that one guy. Mm -hmm. There's always that one guy going, just drop the sport. We had three or four of those people after basketball season got over that were just saying, forget (laughs) men's basketball at Oklahoma. Drop the program doesn't go over very well. I remember when they tried to drop women's basketball in the uproar. That was a long, long time ago. It was what, like 1996? Um, yeah, in that range, I think. Right before Sherry Cole took over, uh-huh. right? Um, elsewhere on the text line from the 405, this listener quoted part of what Paul Feinbaum said. By normal Texas standards, they didn't do great. And then this listener added, Paul, eight wins is their standard. Yeah, I mean, we're not going back to the Vince Young teams and Colt McCoy. They have been struggling for a while. But I think what he was trying to say there, and he didn't, um, he didn't, uh, you know, really get his point across, was that, you know, Texas, those fans, you know, for for Texas right now, that's a move in the positive direction. You know, as sad as that is, he's right. But again. I don't know. It, it, the whole thing sounded a little bit kind of like a lazy take to me. <laughs> From the 405, weed the lazy fans out and have a 295-pound limit. <laughs> wow, we're taking the Alex Grinch philosophy uh, with regard to the fan go. base. Well, who? The Bear Alexander, they're not going to get him down to 295, are they? Wouldn't no shot. Think so. Wouldn't no think shot. So. Bear Alexander will be able to do whatever he wants at USC. He won't even have to show up to practice if he don't want if he doesn't want to. Uh, also from the 405, really good point. Oklahoma has one bad season and can't get the benefit of the doubt that Texas gets every year. Good point. Excellent point. Yes, I agree 100%. 405-651-3439. All right, we got to get a break in because we have Eli Letterman coming up. Uh, once again, appreciate you guys being here. we got recruiting to talk about. Parker seems to be hinting that there could be something happening today, maybe today, commitment-wise, perhaps. Tomorrow. tomorrow. All right. Wide receiver? Could be. Could be. ZK? Could be. All right. I am going to climb that paywall during this break. I've got my rope and my climbing instruments. I'll probably fall down and kill myself, but I'm going to try and rise up and climb that paywall. Eli Letterman is coming up next. Uh, that song will never get old. The new open for Eli Letterman when he comes on the Riverwind Casino Hotline to talk sports with us. Doing a great job for the Tulsa world covering the Sooners. 
Eli, how we doing? What do you think about the uh, Paul Feinbaum comments on the radio and the Sooner fans' uh, reaction to them? Yeah, I've only seen bits and pieces of, of what he had to say, but I, I, you know, would say probably some of the the sentiment there at the very least maybe feels a bit dated. That feels like some of the sentiments you would have heard um, at the very lowest of the lows last fall. But I, I think being around the program this spring, and obviously I'm not inside those walls, but uh, many of the things that might have come up there have been in terms of what he had to say um, seemingly have been maybe papered over. And maybe the papered over might not be the right word for it because things do feel different this spring in, in year two. And, you know, I think I came on and talked about it last week, but the continuity of the coaching staff and, and guys, you know, on this roster being here for a second year and, and bringing in the talent seemingly that they feel like they need Things feel more stable here, and then obviously there's, like I said, I'm not in those walls. There's probably politics we're not aware of. But on the whole, things feel very different um, from, you know, October, November, December of last year, when, again, I, 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 those comments sound like they're rooted a bit in there. Things feel very different now that they've closed spring camp in, in 2023. Eli, how much do you feel like you can take away from the spring game this past Saturday, and what were some of your reactions to the action that we saw on the turf at Owen Field this past weekend? On the whole, I don't want to make too many snap judgments, but I, I think where you would want to look, and then certainly not about either, really either of the, the, the units, you know, the offense in what was kind of, as Brent Venables described it, a vanilla setup in, in terms of what they were going to show, the defense going up against a very vanilla setup. But you look at the individual performances, um, you would have wanted to see Desan McCullough look like he did. You would have wanted to see Reggie Pearson and Peyton Bowen, the two big newcomers at safety, uh, perform how they did. And, and our offense, you know, it, it's hard to look past the fact that, you know, we saw two quarterbacks take the bulk of those snaps, and that was Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold. So whatever indication you want to take from that as far as the depth chart goes headed toward the summer, I, I think those are the big things. I, I didn't put much stock as we talked about last week, into that scoring system, or this is much of any kind of game. Uh, but I, I think if you want to find confidence and positive, is looking at the individual performances, especially on that defense, where you really had a lot of guys um, who you would have either hoped will fill a role or, or someone, you know, let's say Kip Lewis, who is one of those young guys who they spoke so highly of last year, looking very different a year later and, and perhaps looking like one of those contributors for 2023. Eli Letterman with us covering the Sooners for the Tulsa World. What do you think a realistic outlook for the Sooners is in the fall? There's still some Sooner fans, I'm sure, that are thinking, oh, man, you know, if they play just a little bit better, they can they can win a Big 12 championship, particularly with that schedule. What do you think realistically is, is like a, a goal for this team in terms of getting better and uh, playing better football in the fall? Well, actually, that's a good way. For, there's the kind of end game goals, but you said playing better football in the fall. If I were an OU fan who's got season tickets and might travel to some of these games, I'd really just be hoping for a team that, that seemingly, you know, not a knock on last year's team, but is, is more competitive um, in some of these games and maybe has the ability to control more. I think last year, between the, the state of the defense and, and at times this offense that um, even by design wasn't staying on the field, it didn't feel like OU controlled a lot of its games, and, and you felt that late in, in some of those late-game situations. And Brent Venables would tell you they played a lot of one-score games, but if you, you look at them, those games, you know, uh, Baylor being the example, you've got a, a running back on his, his long touchdown run, and he takes the knee instead, so that's not a one-score game. But to be better, and then I think through that, you look at that schedule, you, you'd expect this defense to be better. 
maybe the offense the same in year two. And, and you'd say, why can't it be a goal to be, to be in Arlington on that first weekend of December? I think that should be where the, the goal should be set. And I'm, I'm sure that's where, you know, that's, that's probably step one of, of the goals in, inside that building. But I think with this schedule, with maybe some sh- shifting tides uh, across the conference, we're not really sure um, who all is going to be contending at the very top. There's no reason that this OU team in year two under Brent Venable shouldn't be at least saying, why can't we be one of those top two in the regular season with a shot at a Big 12 title uh, in early December? That would be my, my viewpoint on it. Eli, the Sooners pick up Brennan Thompson out of the transfer portal on Monday evening. First player to transfer from Texas to Oklahoma in over three decades, so it had been a while. Nice addition for Jeff Lebby, Emmett Jones, and the offensive staff at Oklahoma as they try to become faster overall, which is a quality that Oklahoma as a team and as an offense has lacked to a certain extent in recent years. But as you look at the rest of this roster, Top to bottom, do you see any other position groups, any other spots on the depth chart where it might be to Oklahoma's benefit to look to the portal for another player or two? Yeah, I think, you know, wide receiver is the position I would have left uh, Memorial Stadium the other night thinking about is a place where they still needed to figure stuff out and, and likely having to look to the portal. And I think a lot of us had a sense that Brandon Thompson would be that guy. So they've got him. And he kind of joins a cast of wide receivers, I think, that, that didn't necessarily um, – there's not a guy I, I saw on Saturday who – or maybe they didn't have the opportunity who, who made you think, all right, he's going to be the one behind Drake Stoops and Jalil Farouk on, on day one. So there's still questions there, and Brandon Thompson is another intriguing option for them. But I look you know, around at, at the offensive line. I, I, it's pretty funny for as hollow as they were, they probably started four of the five guys you might see on opening day, uh, and, and Walter Rouse would be the addition there. But I, I think this spring should should show that you know depth might be a concern at, on on the line, and, and so they may look there in the portal. Uh, I do think I've, I've said a bunch that as talented as this running back room is, you still don't have a guy who has carried a, a lead running back role for all 12 games in a season, and and maybe that guy is in there, maybe that guy will emerge. But I, you know I might look there in the portal, and then on, on defense, linebackers a spot where plenty of talent um, and plenty of young talent, but again. Did the Sooners look for a veteran presence, um, you know, to, to be within that depth, not necessarily someone to take Danny Stepson's job, but somebody within the depth who has a bit more experience when you're, when you're going to be, I think, leaning a lot on Jaron Kanick and, and maybe Kip Lewis or Kobe McKenzie uh, behind them. That could be a place they look, but we know Brent Venables, you know, last week we asked him, where are you going to look? And he said, I know where I'm going to look. I won't tell you. I guess we'll find out these next few weeks. All right, uh, finally, Eli Letterman with us, uh, doing a great job covering the Sooners' beat for this Tulsa world. What are your thoughts on what Porter's doing in the portal right now, basketball-wise? J.B. on McCollum from Sienna, the guard. Rivaldo Soares, the Oregon guard. John uh, Hughley, the Pittsburgh uh, big man, are coming in. There may be another one on the way. Uh, what do you think about what Portal's done in the portal so far? <laughs> I think all he can. You know, at this point, we talked about the scope of what he had to replace. I mean, he had kind of starting out here, you know, six scholarships to fill. He's halfway there now. There's three left. And I think uh, in each of the three guys they have, you've got someone potentially who could enter that starting lineup. I think JVN McCollum slots right in next to Lo Suzan. Um, John Hughley, you know, depending on where else they go in the portal, could be that, that big man they need. And he's, he's got a track record of being the kind of aggressive rebounder they could really use and, and miss so much last year. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's now just got to be about continuing to add quality. You know, is John Hughley going to be the guy or are you going to bring in, 
you know, someone else in the portal who makes it so he doesn't have to be because you, you, you've padded your bench. So I think now um, for Porter, you know, we'll see where they go. We'll see what's out there for them. We're getting deep into this window. Uh, it, it's got to be about just finding talent everywhere they can. But, again, that's a, 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 a tough game here. We've, we've seen them bring in guys who, who've had plenty of talent or, or had plenty of production at a past school and didn't fit this past year. So it, it's talent, but probably as importantly, it's fit and making sure that the guys that bring in are going to be able to do stuff for them in, in the next year. Eli, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Uh, doing a tremendous job, and we always appreciate uh, you being gracious with your time. Pleasure, guys. We'll be back on any time. Eli Letterman covering the Sooners for the Tulsa World. And uh, we want, I want to shout out Kelly Hines again because the news that she got laid off the other day, that, that was not cool. And Kelly is a great lady and did a great job, tremendous uh, writer, reporter with a great attitude. Uh, she's the cat savior of Tulsa. Uh, I mean, she's got a big heart, and uh, hopefully Kelly Hines will land on her feet. I, I have little doubt that she will, but that's, that's tough, really tough. All right, break time right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We're in the Buffalo Wild Wing studio. I want to thank again uh, the fine folks at Last Year Home Comfort Systems, 405 405- 579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. This song right here should be about when the levy breaks, not the levy because the offense last year broke. When the levy breaks, you finish 6-7. and seven. Be right back. Keep it here. All right, the lead right now for the Sooners is 11 shots heading down the stretch, leading second place Texas Tech by 11 shots in the Big 12 Men's Golf Championship at Prairie Dunes Country Club in Hutchinson, Kansas. So uh, the Sooners look like they're going to get this done. Oklahoma State is in fourth place, 19 shots behind Oklahoma. All right, Riverwind Casino. They sponsor our uh, call-in line, 405-329-9000. They sponsor – they do so many things in the community. I know Justin, the general manager, and the folks at Riverwind, they were heavily involved in the Meals on Wheels promotion, which raised over $75,000 that Baker and Emily Mayfield uh, were at last Friday up at Top Golf in Edmond. They had a great time out there. And uh, Riverwind does so many things for so many people in the community. And they provide, of course, great entertainment, great opportunities to win. And as I said, people are really excited because we have shows coming back to the Showplace Theater and the Beats and Bites concert uh, series is coming back for 2023 as well. Always a lot of fun. And we're talking about uh, the first show for Beats and Bites, May 27th, 38th special, and Blue Oyster Cult. You get a little uh, Southern Rock and a little, uh, well, Blue Oyster Cult, just classic rock. But two good bands to get us started May 27th, June 10th, Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage July 8th. It'll be Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then we are looking at an August show for Gary Allen over at Riverwind Casino for Beats and Bites 2023. They have all the great uh, and the very best local food trucks out there. It's always a good time outdoors, kid-friendly environment. Uh, just a great time at the Beats and Bites shows. And again, shows are coming back to the Showplace Theater as well as we're going to have Earth, Wind, and Fire kicking off the festivities in June at the Showplace Theater and a lot of great bands and artists to follow as well. All right, Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. We appreciate your sponsorship and all that you do. All right, let's get to as many texts as we can. 
And uh, we're going to talk a lot more Sooner football in the next hour as well. Imagine that. Off-season topic for sure, says a listener in the 918. But doesn't home game atmosphere need to be addressed? Striping the stadium against Kent State? Seriously. The dude on the field yelling every word he says? Or my personal favorite, kicking for chicken. Their idea of fan engagement and how to energize a crowd is awful. Who do I need to get in touch with to help out? Uh, try and reach Joe C., I guess. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think of the game atmosphere? You you are there shooting every game uh, for OU Insider. What do you think of the game atmosphere? I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's as good as it gets in the Big 12. That's the thing. Within the context of the rest of the conference, Oklahoma always has a really good game day environment. Is that going to be the same once you transition to the SEC, though? Because the SEC, right, the mantra is it just means more. And every single fan base at every single stadium across the SEC, with the obvious exception of Vanderbilt, they're going to pack that place out. They're going to be loud. They're going to be raucous. And they're going to give their team a home field advantage. So within the context of the Big 12, I think Oklahoma has a very strong home environment on game days. Within the context of the SEC, I'm not necessarily sure whether that statement will maintain its validity. Well, you heard what Shane Beamer said, right, in his press conference talking about the walk and um, talked about how it was different. And I, Look, Shane Beamer loved his time at Oklahoma, and people love Shane Beamer, and he's done a really good job at South Carolina. Excellent job. But he was saying, you know, when they were they were talking about a walk at OU, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, I've seen some of these in the, the SEC – uh, you know, taking the recruits out to look at that part of the game day experience. And he said, now they're going to be going to some of these SEC schools and the walk's a little bit different, like completely different. Uh, m- much more well-attended and much more of a priority for those fan bases in the SEC. And maybe they've been doing it a lot longer. It's been an SEC tradition longer. I don't know. But uh, there are a lot of people that think the uh, – <laughs> A live performance by Ted Roof and the three-man front would definitely energize the fans. No doubt, man. That would be a mosh pit. Can you see Ted Roof? Crowd surfing? Yes. (laughs) Now, that would be awesome. Oh, man. They win a national championship one day. Maybe Ted Roof will be still around. We'll be crowd surfing. What if they win a national championship this year? Pitch a shutout in the national title, and all of a sudden – Ted Roof goes from the most unpopular man in the entire Oklahoma fan base to the toast of the town, the toast of the country. I would jump up on a roof and celebrate with Ted Roof. That would be awesome. All right. Uh, doubtful that kids choose a school because of a walk. No, and I agree with that, but that's what, hey, that's what Shane Beamer said. Not some idiot media guy like me. This was what Shane Beamer said. And I think what he was trying to say was, you know, you look for any advantage you can get, and if you're going to show a walk that's, I don't know, kind of attended and somewhat the fans are interested in at OU, but you've got 20 times the people for the walk for, you know, if if that recruit's taking a visit to an SEC school, you know, you're looking for any advantage you can get. So, anyway. All right, uh, home environment, just like the history of the program for the last decade, is much more of a concern to Texas rather than Oklahoma. 
it helps when you're winning and winning big. And Sooner fans, again, are starved for winning that national championship again. I mean, 23 years going on. It would be 24 years of somehow miraculous – well, not miraculously, but if Oklahoma – you know, got in the hunt and actually won one, became like the TCU of this coming season. That's a long time, man. That is a really long time. Okay, do we have time for one more? What do we think? Uh, Lloyd from El Reno wants to know, when is the last day you can sign anyone in the transfer portal for basketball? I believe the window concludes on May 1st, if I'm not mistaken. So, a couple more days here. Uh, what would May 1st be? Next Monday? So, you got five days. Uh the removal – here's a text from the 405 to wrap up this hour. The removal of the first 10 rows of the north end zone bothers me the most. That is the loudest part, and they could have put accessible seating anywhere else in the stadium. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I've got a brother in a wheelchair, so I'm kind of partial to those people getting uh, prioritized. So, uh, But I know what you're saying. I, I, I know what you're saying. All right, environment, uh, you know, has been, you know, Somebody said live cheetahs on the field. Why not? Well, you've got, you'll have Desan McCullough and Peyton Bowen and Justin Harrington out there, right? Peyton Bowen looked good, man. He looked really good. So did Desan McCullough. And they, Teddy's still raving about Justin Harrington, too. So, all right, we got to get out of here. Thank you, Tim Lasher and your company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour. We got a lot more on the way in hour number two, including a ton of your texts right here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, let's jump into hour number two here on the ref. Good to have you along. Hour number two. Looking for your texts again. Keep those texts rolling in. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Appreciate Eli Letterman coming on with us uh, in the first hour on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Talking a lot of Sooner football. We're going to get locked in, of course, uh, at 2 o'clock. All recruiting and all Sooner football as well. It's normally what it is anyway, but, I mean, that's 100%. 100%. Okay. Brent Venables uh, over the weekend did an uh, interview with R.J. Young and um, was talking about, you know, the process that he's going through right now. No doubt, as I've said a million times, Oklahoma should never be 6-7. Six and seven. It was not a good season. The Sooners beat uh, one team with a winning record, and that was Oklahoma State, and they were 7-6. and six. Their victories, Kansas was six and seven, UTEP was five and seven, Kent State was five and seven, Nebraska was four and eight, and Iowa State was four and eight. So those are your six victories. So that is about as far away from the Oklahoma standard as you can get on the field. The question is, what are they doing off the field, you know, to improve and get closer to that Oklahoma standard? It appears that they're doing everything the right way. Schmitty is back, Brent's holding those guys accountable. They did very well in the portal. They did very well in recruiting. All of that stuff's going great, but obviously Sooner fans, they want the dubs. That's what they're looking for, and a lot more of them coming at this fall. Here's what Brent told R.J. Young about uh, roster turnover and dealing with the portal. When you sign in 42, you're signing 37, you're, you're building everywhere. There's no position or side of the ball that's immune to uh, improving and progressing and building it 
not only for the short term, but most importantly for the long term and something that has longevity and sustainability in a profession and in a sport that's hard to get that. What I'm trying to build is something that has exactly that. And so as, as we've had to address the portal, you know, we're looking for guys that, again, whatever environment they're coming from, you know, still looking for leaders, guys that are, have been captains, guys that have been good players, guys that love the work, um, guys that are passionate about the game. Uh, they like literally love the game, not love what the game gives them. All right. That's a byproduct of the game. I'm looking for guys that love the game. There you go. And, uh, you know, that's kind of out of the Brent playbook. We've heard a lot of that. But what I'm thinking about when I hear that again is we knew it was going to be different last se- last season. We knew that losing Caleb Williams, anybody who thought that Dylan Gabriel was going to be, you know, in the same ballpark as Caleb Williams was mistaken. Caleb Williams is a generational talent. Dylan Gabriel is a solid college quarterback who still misses some throws, like they all do, but some costly throws last year. So did we just get swept up in the Brent Venables fervor of him taking over the program and, you know, everybody was excited about this new approach to Sooner football, particularly with the SEC on the horizon? How did we get so – I don't know if the word is fooled, but were we looking through crimson glasses when we evaluated last year's team? I just think we didn't have an accurate impression and an accurate understanding of the hand that Brent was dealt defensively. And I think we all were operating under the impression that Brent was going to show up and make average football players really good. Mm, that's a good point. And at the end good of the day, there were a lot of average football players on that roster that were simply that, average football players. You couldn't squeeze any more juice out of them than what Brent already had, than what the previous coaching staff already had. And that comes down to bad evaluation on the part of Alex Grinch and his assistants. But I do think, and you mentioned the difference between Caleb Williams and Dylan Gabriel, I I do think the discrepancy in the level of the quarterback play between 2021 and 2022 was significant. However, I maintain that the way Dylan Gabriel produced last season, that's a quarterback whose performance was more than good enough to get you double-digit wins, in my opinion. Obviously, you throw Caleb Williams on that team last year, they win quite a few more games. But what Oklahoma fans have been accustomed to for the longest time is the quarterback putting the team on his shoulders and carrying them to victory. And as we saw time and again with Riley's programs, that type of philosophy, that type of fingerprint, if you will, is only really sustainable until you get to the college football playoff. And then you run into a team that's much more complete and much more capable on both sides of the ball as opposed to just a team that relies on otherworldly performances from a quarterback and that's where you hit a wall that's where Riley's teams did hit a wall now I saw this tweet earlier from an account called NFL rookie watch I'm reading it word for word multiple NFL scouts and coaches reportedly believe Caleb Williams is miles ahead of any quarterback in this year's NFL draft Many scouts believe Williams is the closest a prospect has been to Patrick Mahomes since Mahomes was drafted. 
Many coaches and evaluators believe Williams would easily be this year's first overall pick. Williams has one year left at USC before he is able to declare for the draft. And I quote tweeted that, and I was just like, okay, who doesn't think that? Who look? Who can look at what Caleb Williams has done the first two years of his collegiate career and think anything other than, yeah, this kid's a generational talent who's going to be very, very good and make a lot of money at the professional level. And barring injury, will be a shoe-in for the number one pick a year from now. Yeah, the quarterback standard has been so high, no doubt about it. What do you think Oklahoma would have gone last year if Caleb Williams would have stuck around? I mean, all those one-score games that you lost, you were on the wrong side of? Caleb would have won a lot of those games. He would have. You, uh, let's say, um, TCU? Uh, Texas, those were the ones that where Oklahoma got outscored like a hundred, you know, they got shut out obviously uh, in the Cotton Bowl. What was it? Uh, they scored twenty four, I think, against TCU, and uh, Dylan Gabriel obviously got banged up. Um, well, he, he, let me let me put it this way: the difference between Caleb Williams' level of play at quarterback and Dylan Gabriel's level of play at quarterback says much more about Caleb Williams than it does about Dylan Gabriel. If you put Caleb Williams on that Oklahoma team in 2022, I don't know that they lose in the regular season. But I do think they get shellacked once they get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they would have a again, great chance to run the table. There's no doubt. I mean, because Caleb the year before saved a couple games by himself. Texas and Kansas. Right. Stealing the ball from Kennedy Brooks. And, look, he had some help from his friends, Caleb Kelly, Marvin Mims, Kennedy Brooks. But Caleb Williams re-energized that Oklahoma team that was getting its butt kicked before he came in. Yeah. If, if you have Caleb Williams on Oklahoma's roster in 2022, you there's a very good chance you go undefeated in the regular season. However, that season would have ended the same way seasons always ended with Muleshoe as the head coach. Disappointment come bowl season. I liken it, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the master of bad analogies, and I'll always go like a golf analogy. The Lincoln-Riley teams are always, man, let's go out and play a good, solid municipal golf course. And they go out and shoot 59. They look flashy. They look great. They got the cool shoes and everything. But then you put that team on a U.S. Open course where it's really, 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 really difficult, and they shoot 80. That's the way I look at it. Thank you. I'm, I know. Well done. Bad analogy. My bad. All right, but yeah, it's uh, and look, generational talent uh, in Caleb Williams. I mean, he might end up being the best Sooner NFL quarterback, right? Ex Sooner. Um, Baker has been up and down. We all root for Baker and love his, you know, so many, you know, his charisma and all of that stuff and his toughness. Toughness may have cost him there in Cleveland. But uh, Kyler's been good, really good at times. There have been times where he's played so well he's been in the MVP conversation. And then he, you know, he gets hurt or the, the Cardinals, you know, fall down later in the season, something like that. Sam Bradford uh, had a solid NFL career, but certainly not spectacular. So uh, Caleb Williams, um, again, just uh, I, I'm with those guys that are talking about him in the, in the draft. He is going to be, I think, an, an NFL superstar as well. Riley's teams have lace panties. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. They should have the Victoria's Secret logo uh, for their patch. Like if you were able to put a patch on the jersey like the NBA teams, Victoria's Secret logo on the SC unis, 
This is getting a little too tawdry for my taste. You, sir, are tawdry. From the 405, speaking of Lincoln and Caleb, I love that there are two conflicting national narratives about OU. The first is that Lincoln couldn't compete in the SEC, which is why he left for USC. And the second is that OU is a terrible program without him. Well, um, I mean, both of those can exist. I, I think OU had a terrible season, and part of that was what Lincoln Riley did, taking all those players. But again, he didn't take players from Oklahoma. He took them from the portal. But, um, you know, I, I do think that the Sooners will, will bounce back. Now, again, bouncing back is going to be a lot different in the SEC. How do you think Sooner fans look? Six and seven, Oklahoma fans hadn't had to deal with that for 25 years, all the way back to 1998. How do you think they're going to deal again with eight and four? You know, because they're going to be some eight and fours. Might even be some seven and fives. Even after you get back where you want to be and you have a little bit of a down season. Uh, and there could be, you know, 10 and twos, 11 and ones, maybe even they run the table. But uh, it's going to be the, the good thing about that, again, is the safety net of the 12 team playoff. That makes all the difference. You know, you really have to, if you're an SEC team and you're one of the top four teams in the SEC, it you're should be almost guaranteed you're in the playoff every year. Heck, you could, I would say most years. I'll bet you most years there will be five SEC teams in the 12-team playoff field, at least. Good. There's a very good chance of that. Yes, absolutely. All right, break time. And again, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. There are, there are rumors out there about wrestling. Wouldn't that wrestling. be wrestling? Wouldn't that be a bite, huh? Missing a whole wrestling meets. Sorry, you've never seen The Breakfast Club. Well, yeah, I told you, happened? I told you that you need to see The Breakfast Club. Must see cinema. MSC, must see cinema. John Bender, The Breakfast Club, talking to Sporto, the wrestler. All right, stay with us. Coming right back here on The Ref. We are back. Good to have you with us. There are rumors out there that a bunch of Sooner wrestlers are entering the portal. Let me ask you this question. Is it possible? I don't want to start a, uh, a wildfire here, but no wrestling in the SEC? University of Oklahoma has won, uh, what is it? I think it's seven national titles in wrestling. Got a good history. It's not quite Oklahoma. Well, it's not near Oklahoma State's history because Oklahoma State's history is <laughs> unbelievable. But the Sooners themselves have won seven. I think the last one that Oklahoma won was in the, like 75. Is that right? Like 75, I think. I have zero clues. But uh, you think about the history of Danny Hodge. Maybe the greatest collegiate wrestler of all time, the Schultz brothers, David Mark Schultz, Wayne Wells, guys like that. Um, would there be the possibility that they might drop wrestling? I don't know. I'm just saying. No coach hired. Moving to a conference where there isn't any wrestling. I mean, there are hardcore wrestling people there still that love it, but not – Many of them. I know we still have some big grappling fans out there, but 
It's not like they're showing up, you know, in big numbers at the LNC. I wonder if that would be a possibility. I'm from, just th- I'm just thinking it's on seems, the text line. Seems kind of strange. From the 918, shut down the wrestling program. Waste of resources. Generally, when programs aren't doing very well and they're not revenue generating inherently, then you'll you'll get a lot of takes like that. And it's understandable, right? Somebody said that Joe C is sneaking up this hiring process. Well, I don't know. It's you know, it's taken a while, and that is the rumor that there might be a lot of wrestlers that are going to the portal. So Greatest wrestler of all time is Dan Gable, says the 402. Well, I just said Danny Hodge is arguably, you know, he he was three-time NCAA champion, right? Dan Gable, Iowa. Go ahead, Parker. I have no idea. You've never donned a singlet ever? I Never been to a wrestling meet? Never once. Never once. I know absolutely nothing about wrestling. I worked a wrestling broadcast Mm -hmm. one time. Chad McKee is a saint. He was the one calling it. He mm-hmm. and I think Jack Spates was doing his color. Chad McKee I is just, really, 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 really good. I I was in charge of keeping score. I had the score bug on the broadcast back in the studio, which thank the Lord that Chad would shout it out every time there was a, a score, I suppose you would call it. Anytime one of the wrestlers earned points, Chad would call it out, and I just hit a button, which is great because, like, if Chad wasn't as on top of things as he was, I would have had no idea what I was doing. Well, you know what uh, Bender told Sporto in the Breakfast Club? He said, I have a deep admiration for guys who roll around on the floor with other guys. That was John Bender's take on wrestling in the Breakfast Club. The wrestling program is arguably the second most successful athletic program we have historically. Well, like I said, seven national titles. It's not bad. It's as many as football. Mm-hmm. It is. Nobody shows up to the Lloyd Noble Center for anything. Women's basketball is drawing pretty well. Does wrestling compete at the LNC? They've been at McCasland. I, I was about to yeah. say, I thought they competed at McCasland. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, we are uh, looking for you on the text line, and you guys are showing up and showing out again today, 405-651-3439. From the 918, Parker in a singlet on the KREF OnlyFans page. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'll do anything for the right price. From the 405, talking about wrestling and golf after a 6-7 and seven football season, where are we? Stillwater? Ah, 405, this is Jerry Stanley, former coach with Stan Abel. Stan Abel, legend, NCAA champion, 1964. I am hurt by the latest team. We need a big-time uh, young wrestler to bring back. So, anyway, Jerry, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, uh, you know, I, I certainly hope my dad was a huge wrestling fan. Uh, so I, I wasn't a big wrestling guy, to be honest with you. I was too wimpy. My brother did wrestle, and I know that wrestlers are made from different DNA. I would never mess with a wrestler, ever. 
Yeah, you see a guy with cauliflower ear, that's yes, somebody you don't want to get in a bar fight exactly with. That's exactly right, man. Spencer Jones found that out the hard way a couple of years back. Yeah, no doubt. But um, anyway, my dad loved it. My brother wrestled. I remember watching the, the Bedlam matches on local TV, and I was kind of into that back in the day. So let's hope they keep wrestling around. I Again, I'm just saying there's, there's a thought out there, again, because – there are apparently a lot of wrestlers uh, that are going to enter the portal and that they're moving to a conference where there's not going to be wrestling. It doesn't mean that Oklahoma couldn't wrestle in the Big 12. Isn't Missouri wrestling in the Big 12, I think? I don't know. I don't know. I, my wrestling knowledge is not the best. You guys obviously would know that. But, Jerry, thank you. It's good to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. And Stan Abel, yes, the legendary Stan Abel. From the 405, Mike, have you ever gotten a fight with any other radio personality? If so, do tell. Like a physical altercation? No. No. I mean, and I've rarely had any kind of altercation with uh, with anybody that I've worked with. I mean, hardly at all. Verbal sparring? Um, maybe a, like maybe two or three times Shouting in matches. forty years. I think Lump and I got in one. He's my old radio uh, partner. Back in the day, when and we got in an argument over something that I thought was tawdry and he thought was funny, and we kind of interesting. Raised, I would have thought it'd be the other way around. Well, yeah, but uh, and it, it was over in five minutes. But I thought it was crossed the line, and he thought that I was, you know, too prude, and we argued about that. That's really about the only thing. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Zane says, "Hey, now I've heard of stool water. Don't know of a still water." Uh, two one four listener says Parker in a singlet. How high is that paywall? It's pretty high. Just put it that way. Again, I'll do anything for the right price, but it's got to be the right. That's price. That's the Mount Everest paywall right there. You've got to you've got to make sure you're fully. Uh, you have your oxygen and you, there's a base camp and everything. Big Rick Inawaso on the topic of football says, actually, you know what? We'll get back to Big Rick Inawaso. Let me read this one from the 405 first i love it when people who don't have much to do with resources scream to shut a program down because it's quote unquote wasting resources wrestling been getting deep in your pockets callers that's a fair take i do like the one uh, big rick from owasso i thought was pretty good is that it was big rick right some yeah. of the doubters think you can put a brisket in the microwave and have it turn out delicious what venables is doing with the football program is putting that brisket on the smoker for 16 hours, low and slow, and letting the process work. In other words, perfection takes time. And in the words of Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. Big Rick, I like it. Hey, we got a brisket analogy. Football and brisket. And I, you know what? I think there's a lot of truth in that text right there. Big Rick from Owasso, I think you uh, have one text of the day. That's pretty good so far. You're in the lead. Down the stretch. You think Mule Shoe does his brisket in a microwave? Is that why it's so that dry? dry. I mean, that was an abomination is what uh, that was. I mean, we hey. defended that man's meats. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound right, but that's what happened. We defended that man's meats, and he turned around and went et tu brute on us. Oh, those words did not just come out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, man. And you want, hey, you want to talk about the football version of microwave brisket? That's what Mule Shoe's doing out there at USC right now. Oh, yeah. Bear Alexander. He's a microwave dude. This, this sleazy, nasty, low-down, dirty 
Get mine while you can. NIL era of college football when nobody cares about anything but themselves. That was built for scum like Muleshoe. Completely modeled in his honor. But he's still not going to win a natty. Please take your act to the NFL so I cannot think about this anymore. Because it's just... It is. He's a shortcut kind of guy. He lied... Well, it took us two hours to make up our mind. We were going to go out there. No, you were talking with Trace Armstrong all year. You took a personal day during the freaking season. Should have fired him on the spot right then. You want a personal day? You're fired. This is freaking college football. You want a personal day. Can you imagine Barry, by God, Switzer, taking a personal day? Newt Rogney. Any of the great coaches need to take a personal day. We, uh, we uh, family's not feeling too well. Trace, hang on. What's that? See, yeah, personal day. I, yeah, just I'll be back tomorrow. Scumbag. All right, go ahead. From the 405, perfection does take time, but if we're going to live by this analogy, there better be perfection after we wait for 16 hours. There you go. Yeah, Sooner fans, they they don't like to wait the brisket that long they want the brisket right now they want it now sooner gundy says he can't even win a conference championship with a heisman trophy winning quarterback uh by the way 405 oh my gosh yes we got to play this coming back because i used to play this for somebody else i can't remember who it was may have been kevin durant what steely remember the show branded we need to play that for mule shoe 100 the theme from the show branded it Fits Mule Shoe to a T. If I have time to edit it, I will. If not, we'll come back with it right here on the ref. Stay with us. He did. Is that Chuck Connors? That is Chuck Connors, there the rival in himself, yes. There he is taking a walk. Oh, all the charges were true. Definitely true. Oh, they know he's a coward. Mule shoe. Oh, he's no man. No man. All right. There you go. Good idea. Very good idea. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439 on the uh, text line. And uh, how about Trey Young's three last night? That was vintage Trey Young. The Hawks win that game last night. They send it back to Atlanta for... Uh, game six coming up tomorrow night, and I thought all three of the home teams would close them out last night. Suns beat uh, the Clippers 136-130. to They move on to a series with Denver because the Nuggets beat Minnesota by three. Denver and Phoenix in one Western Conference semifinal. We have the Sixers having already advanced to the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. Tonight we have road teams with all uh, getting a chance to wrap it up on the road. The Knicks could close out the Cavs. 
uh, with a win tonight in Cleveland. The Lakers, by beating Memphis on uh, the Grizzlies' home floor, could close it out. And Miami at Milwaukee. I expect Milwaukee to bounce back in a big way and win that game. And then uh, I think Miami will have an opportunity to win it in Game 6. If it goes to a Game 7 back in Wisconsin, I think the Bucks move on. But you know who I think is being uh, overlooked? And I know Phoenix is really good. Devin Booker, I mean... Uh, 47 last night, Kevin Durant's playing, you know, I don't know, about 7 out of 10 right now, and I had 31. Uh, the Clippers led that game at halftime, 70-61 to 61 last night, and then the Suns put a 50 spot on them in the third quarter, outscored them 50-29. to 29. So, the But I think the Denver Nuggets are being overlooked. I mean, they, they were the one seed, right? And uh, Nikola Jokic is an unbelievable player, double MVP. Uh, Jamal Murray, you know, that Denver-Phoenix series is going to be very interesting. Very interesting. All right, 405-651-3439. We're going back to the tax line. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, let's go right ahead. Uh, stay, Steely, hatred for him aside, do you think Muleshoe is just enthralling himself in what college football is now with the portal? Buying players, et cetera, and oh, you just wasn't willing to do those things, which is why he left. Seems to me he wants to win at all costs, literally, to where OU wants to win with dignity. I'm Is that probably oversimplified? Yes, but I... I think there's a little bit of truth in that. A little bit of truth in that. So, so what you're I mean, saying is Muleshoe has no dignity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Doug, I got your text, by the way. Uh, nobody knows. From but, the 918. Uh, wow. I know, Doug, it, doesn't, it just doesn't fit the bit, though. From the 918. <laughs> wow, Parker knows who Chuck Connors is. Yes, I'm a relatively cultured individual. Chuck Connors played pro baseball, didn't he? With he played one- pro baseball and pro basketball. He, that's right. He played. Did he play for the Celtics? He now did. I got to go ahead and Google it up. Mm-hmm. The Rifleman Man had game, no doubt about it. That's quite a life, man. You're a film star. You play in the NBA and you play professional baseball. Some people just have it all. I'm trying to remember if he reached the big leagues in pro baseball. He did. So that is amazing. He was a Brooklyn Dodger, very briefly. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. From the 402, Nathaniel Frazier is on three's new number one running back. Is OU still pursuing him, or has that cooled off because of the buzz from Taylor Tatum? OU has offered Nathaniel Frazier. OU is pursuing him, but they're also pursuing like five or six other running backs at this point. And look, Xavier Robinson is committing next month sometime. I expect it to be Oklahoma for the Carl Albert product. May then, 10th, I believe. Uh, that's going to get pushed back. Oh, it's getting pushed back. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not going to be May 10th, but... Um, beyond Xavier Robinson, you have Caden Durham on the board. You've got Taylor Tatum on the board. Stacy Gage is still in the picture. I mean, who is out there a, in the picture with Stacy Gage? Who else? I just don't even know at this point. Miami, Florida, Ohio. Like, it's seemingly a come and go type of deal in Stacy Gage's recruitment. There'll be a new school that's the flavor of the month almost. And most recently, it's been Miami. Uh, 588 says Chuck Connors was also a hell of a tennis player, won a major or two. Is that true? I think he's referring to Jimmy Connors. Yes. Oh, I think it's a joke. Gotcha. There you go. Uh, 
from the 405. Not too sure if the word dignity fits, but insert the word integrity. That certainly applies in both cases. Okay, there you go. That texter must not listen often, says this listener in the 405. You have to call Lincoln names for taking three guys when he left, but for some reason we love Beamer, who took two. And, oh, yeah, our softball team is as good as they come in the portal, but that's okay. My biggest problem with Muleshoe, again, was I think he was playing a shell game with everybody, and I know that some people will say, well, how do you do that? There's no perfect way to do it. I get that, but I just think that it, I, I think he left in a less than classy way when he was given the keys to a Mercedes. Muleshoe was tampering with players to get them to USC. We know this for a fact. Alex Narduzzi wanted to kick his Muleshoe ass, and I know that's – that's what he, Pat Narduzzi, was sounded like he wanted to drive out to L.A. Here's the difference between Muleshoe and Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer didn't recruit players from Oklahoma's roster to come to South Carolina. What happened was Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner got in the portal because they were fed up with their situation at Oklahoma, didn't want to be a part of the path forward after Muleshoe departed, and they both loved Shane Beamer and wanted to reunite with him. And do you believe the story out there, or was it uh, changing the narrative that I think it was uh, Carl Williams in a story where Caleb might have come back, but they felt like Oklahoma moving on Dylan Gabriel was not necessarily a slap in the face, but that kind of changed their tune a little bit. Do you I believe mean, that? Whatever. Oh, you had to cover their own body. You had to have an insurance policy, man. You can't drive without insurance. I don't think anybody in their right mind, and I I say this as somebody who supports Dylan Gabriel more than the average media member in this market, but I don't think anybody in their right mind would ever have questioned that Caleb Williams would have won a hypothetical quarterback battle with Dylan Gabriel. If Caleb Williams had come back to Oklahoma – he absolutely would have been the starting quarterback. I'm not sure why it would have been a slap in the face that Oklahoma went and got Dylan Gabriel. Uh, from the 405, not only did he take active players, but let's not forget all the recruits he took as well on OU's dime. Yeah, What happened was Beamer left for South Carolina, and he coached there for a full year before Rattler and Stogner came out to join forces with him. It wasn't as if Shane Beamer was passing notes under the table to those guys saying, hey, can, come on out to South Carolina. No, Shane Beamer is a man of character. Shane Beamer is a respectable individual. Shane Beamer does his business the right way, in accordance with the rules. Shane Beamer is like a senior fellow, and Muleshoe is like uh, a villain. You don't leave the University of Oklahoma program unless you are fired, retire, or die, or go to the NFL. Only four options you have. Otherwise, you are not a Sooner. That man, again, crosses state lines. Again, we need the ankle bracelet, and I want all the authorities, if he crosses the state line and comes back at any point, to know where he is, find him, and issue him a citation. Major sanctions. It only seems fitting, right? (sighs) 
Barry Switzer took days off. Barry Switzer had won three national championships. You get, you earn one or two personal days per year if you per national championship. You haven't won a national championship and you squib kick in the semifinals and you don't go for it on fourth and inches in the semifinals, you don't get a personal day. That's what I think it should be. So anyway, 405-651-3439. Let's take a quick break right here. We're coming right back. Uh, thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. We appreciate them. We'll tell you about the big concerts coming to Riverwind. They're on the way, outdoors and indoor. It's going to be awesome. Keep those texts rolling in. We'll be right back. Ryan Hibble and the Sooners are running away with the Big 12 uh, Men's Golf Championship at Prairie Dunes. They now have, they're on their last three holes, and they have an 18-shot lead. Oklahoma, the only team under par, and nobody else is even in the same neighborhood. Oklahoma, one under as a team. TCU is in second, plus 17. Texas Tech, third, plus 21. Texas, fourth place, plus 23. And uh, Oklahoma State in fifth place. At 24 over par. So the Sooners are absolutely crushing the field of the Big 12 Men's Championships. Barring a John Van Veldian-type collapse, Oklahoma's going to run away and win the Big 12 Men's Golf Championship. Ryan Hibble is a stud. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, over 2,800 electronic games. They have all the best electronic games. They've got all your favorite table games as well, including a world-class poker room. They have the best bars and dining with chips and ales, the food court, and the river buffet, the best bars. The Coop Ale House Bar is big time. Incredible hotel, tremendous service. Great promotions like the new Member 7 program where you can get a Riverwind wild card. You don't have to spend a dime, and you can earn up to $450 in one Day And we've got shows coming back to the Showplace Theater beginning in June, June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. What a show that'll be to start festivities again indoors in the Showplace Theater. Great concert venue, and that will be a big-time, big-time concert. Collective Soul, July 21st. The Music of Josh Turner, July 28th. The Comedy of Gabriel Iglesias, July 29th. August 19th, Dwight Yoakam on the Showplace Theater stage. And then The Counting Crows, August 25th. R.E.O. Speedwagon, September 8th. I can hear riding the storm out in my head right now. Should be a great show. Chicago, September 15th. Tickets are available at the Riverwind uh, box office outside the Showplace Theater, or you can get those tickets online at riverwind.com. And, of course, we have Beats and Bites, the outdoor concert series, returning in May with a great show from 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cold, May 27th, uh, June 10th, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. And then July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird with a great fireworks show to follow. And you know the Riverwind fireworks show is awesome. And then August 26th, Gary Allen on the Beats and Bites stage outdoors at Riverwind, presenting sponsor Riverwind and Coop Aleworks. All right. It's Vanderbilt. What did I say? Did I mess up John Vanderbilt's name? Carnoustie uh, collapse, John Vanderbilt? Maybe I did. I'm old. I don't remember things. All right, four. Did you say a seventeen-shot lead? It is. Was that the number? Eighteen-shot lead. Oh, eighteen shots. Let me refresh and see if it's gotten bigger. Wait a minute, that didn't sound right. Let me refresh <laughs> and see if the lead has increased. Oh boy. 
<laughs> You're on one today, Steve. I just worked my way into an Oklahoma men's clinic commercial right there, didn't I? Somehow. That's uh, still 18 shots. The double entendres have been plentiful. Some on of those, and not intent. Some have been intended, and but many have not been intended. So, so anyway, yeah. At least you hear it, right? I do hear it. Yes. As soon as it's well, see, there's another one that's. <laughs> everything has become a double entendre today, somehow, some way. People taking up for mule shoe, okay, all right. It's not going to fly with me. It's never going to fly with me. All right, you can say, great father, man, I knew him. I don't care. Great father, go home and play with your kids. You want to work here, close on a national championship. Just like Mitch from downtown told him in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Great father, want to go home and play with your kids? Fine. You want to work here? Close. Close the deal. Win that national title. And I know that Barry Switzer had some days off, but Barry Switzer deserves any day off he wants. Any day. He's the king. He's earned it. Mule Shoe is a lying con man. So he doesn't deserve any days off in my world. From the 918, you should have heard Teddy's slip yesterday. Oh, boy, what did Teddy say? I, I will have to ask uh, Tyler. Jay from Medill says, Steely's sexisms and Parker's balls. Sexisms. No, that makes me sound like a – no, no <laughs> not sexisms. No. Probably, probably not the right label there. You're going to be canceled by culture or what? It's just an old man slipping up. That's all it is. Ty from Bartlesville says, besides Zion Carney and Xavier Robinson, who is the next commit? That's an interesting question. There's no real clear answer. Maybe we can dive into this more a little bit at the top of the hour once locked in rolls around. But offhand, if I had to pick the next commit, huh, I I don't know. Maybe Devon Mitchell? I might say Devon Mitchell. Tied in, Los Alamitos via Allen, yeah, Texas. Yeah, it comes down to how early these guys take their official visits, I think. That's what it boils down to in my eyes because uh, it it might be a quiet month. Let me just put it that way. May might be a quiet month because OU's big official visit weekend, the Champion Barbecue, isn't until June 16th this year. So, it may be late June, early July before we see this thing fire up again. But Zion Carney, Xavier Robinson, two guys that Oklahoma is definitely closing in on. So it won't be all quiet on the Western Front between now and then. Things will definitely cool off, though. There you go. Nice cinematic reference right there. Thank they, you. They just remade that, of course, too. And it's a uh, the old one was, a, of course, a classic. I think the old one won Best Picture, right? I'm not mistaken. Way back when, even before I was born, back when the dinosaurs ruled the earth. I came around, I don't know, 20 years later after the dinosaurs or something like that. Seems like it anyway. All right. want to thank you guys. You guys are unbelievable. Appreciate all of your uh, input on the text line. And, yes, we do joke around a little bit. Don't take everything so seriously. I mean, take most of it seriously, but not everything. 
Riverwind, thank you so much for all you do, sponsoring our text line and uh, putting all those great shows on outdoors at Beats and Bites 2023 and indoors at the Showplace Theater starting June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That'll be awesome. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.